0: It's really a point of view of looking at the world. Follow your wonder. Like it's a trail. You know, just follow it in the conversation about the other person, about yourself in the conversation. Just follow it.
1: Welcome to the Art of Accomplishment, where we explore how deepening connection with ourselves and others leads to creating the life we want with enjoyment and ease. My name is Brett Kissler. I'm an adventurer, entrepreneur, and a self-exploration enthusiast. I'm here with my co-host, Joe Hudson. Joe is a business coach who spent decades working with some of the world's top executives and teams, developing a unique model of human patterns that underpin how we operate with ourselves, each other, and the world. A good entry point into this model is a mindset called VIEW, vulnerability, impartiality, empathy, and wonder. Through understanding and cultivation, we learn to easefully drop into the VIEW state of mind, deepening self-awareness and increasing our connection with the world around us. To learn more about this podcast or courses, visit artofaccomplishment.com. Most of us spend a lot of our time feeling a subtle pressure to know things, to understand our world so that we can make predictions, feel safe, and be seen as knowledgeable. But the moment we think we know everything is also the moment we stop learning. What if there's always more to the story than we can ever know? And how might living our lives from a consistent place of wonder give us more actionable information and opportunities than clinging to what we think we know. This is the practice of wonder, the W in view. Joe, can you tell me what you mean by wonder?
0: Wonder is, there's a lot of ways to describe it, but one of the ways to describe it is to say, like, we've all felt it before. We all know that, like... And, and maybe some of us haven't felt it since we were kids, um, but that's that's something that we all know. And, and what it is, it's like curiosity without looking for an answer because when you're looking for an answer you can just feel in your system that your system constricts a little bit if you're just like oh my gosh what is happening here and there's no pressure to find an answer like an answer may come but there's no pressure then the state the physical state remains expansive so it's like that the other way to think of it is it's like curiosity and awe put together Right? And the thing about awe, the reason I use that word in particular is because if you're awestruck by something, you, you have a recognition that it's out of your control. It's something that's like beyond you, beyond your ability to maybe even recognize in that moment. And there's only a few things in, in the way that the human psyche works that creates that, like gratitude is another one that creates that feeling of like there's something greater. And acknowledging that you need things is another, because it, it just, all these things are outside of your control often. Most of the time, say, we don't say gratitude, like, I'm really grateful that I kicked ass. I mean, we might occasionally, but most of the time we're grateful for things that are beyond us. And that's the thing about wonder. It has awe because we are, we acknowledge that there's something beyond our ability to even maybe recognize. So that's another way of of thinking of it. The, the other thing that's particularly important to view conversations is that you're in the question, right? There is um, a time in my life when this question arose and it was, what am I, was basically the question. And I was in that question for 10 years and it wasn't about trying to answer the question. It was about being in the question. I could come up with answers, but every answer was based on some context. You know, I could say I'm in my body, but then I would... You know, being wonder for a while, I'm like, well, which part of my body? I got my body in half, which part of my body is me? And to realize that even that isn't me, what it, What am I? And the, the power of that was being in the question. It wasn't ever finding the answer to the question. And so that's the, another way to look at wonder is that you're in the question.
1: Right. It's like when the moment you come up with an answer, it's like the search stops. But <laughs> yeah. if you stay in the question, there's always opportunity for some other aspect to come in. like some other aspect of yourself to,
0: to be seen. Exactly. Yeah, that's beautifully put.
1: Yeah. How does, how does cultivating a persistent state of wonder benefit us? What does this do for us?
0: There's so many ways in which it is. I mean, if you just think about those times that you're awestruck, like imagine a life when you're awestruck all the time and just imagine living a life where that is 10, 20% more of your life just even 10 or 20% more awestruck by life. There's this thought process that people share about miracles and that actually we're experiencing miracles all the time, but we're so used to them, or we can describe enough of them. You know, we can describe like the sun, for instance. You can just be awestruck by the sun. You can answer forever, you know, how it got formed maybe and how it's working and so or you see it every day so there's nothing to be awestruck about but if you really like just contemplate like why <laughs> why sun why universe why cosmos and goodness like how did it yes all this stuff happened but how did it actually come to pass that we were circling the sun it's just awe inspiring and it and it leads you to places um that you can't get to any other way there's um I was listening to, out of all people, recently the head of Amazon, and he talked about the beginning of his day. He would just wander. He would just he just wanders in his mind in his, in the space like he, that's part of what he does because there's a there's a harvest from wandering or from being in wonder and just exploring without looking for a place to land. And there's a harvest that comes from that because you discover all sorts of cool stuff. And so this, this applies in business and in relationships. And, you know, oftentimes when people are in relationships, one of the things that you see is that they just, everybody thinks they know everybody. (laughs) And, and so they, they categorized everybody and then the relationship gets dull. Whereas if you're in wonder, it's a constant exploration. You know, who I am when I married my wife is very different than who I am today. And there's constantly an evolution to be discovered. In my wife, and 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 for her to discover in me, and that keeps a relationship fresh, keeps a business fresh in the exact same way. Uh, it, it's it's nice in the body like, to be in wonders; just feels really good. It's quite an enjoyable thing. And another thing that it does is it's really it's quite an antidote to fear. If you say do this experiment, close your eyes and imagine you are running from a tiger, and the tiger is is coming and it's getting closer you can hear the footsteps you can like hear it's breath it's panting to like catch you and you're running as fast as you can and you don't really think there's any way out and you know it's about to come and pounce and now wonder how much does that tiger weigh like you can't hold the fear if you're in curiosity or, or in wonder and you can't be in wonder particularly if you're holding the fear so to reflect on what is, what you are in wonder about, immediately does something to the fear that that the subtle, the more subtle fears that may be running through you. So that's another one. It's like uh, it's like the fear itself is
1: something that optimizes us to produce a fast result and a fast output, but not right. to, not to process more deeply uh and that's i think that's a that's a good thing sometimes i mean i imagine if we if we walk around being constantly awestruck by the sun and the universe uh yeah. that that must have its its drawbacks i mean there are there are people who who do that constantly and they're disconnected from from the world and they're not taking any action
0: one more thing before we go there the one more thing is just to say that the the other thing that it benefits you being in wonder is that it it um You know, in today's world, it's really not the answer, right? In the age of Google, anybody can find an answer. It's really the right question. Like, are you asking the right question? And being in wonder helps you ask the right questions, right? One person can spend their life building Google and another person can spend their life um, building the local tire shop and they can both work just as hard as each other. It's just a different question that they're living in. Or one person can ask what's the what's the phone that everybody will use, and another person will ask the question, "What's the phone that's easy to use?" And you're going to get two different phones, right? So, being in wonder really helps you understand the value of the right questions. Is the last one
1: right? It help you yeah. break out of the limited context of your previous question into a bigger question. Yeah, yeah, which brings you yeah. back to that that question that I just had of. Uh, if we're constantly breaking out of the limited question into the biggest question of why sun why universe, uh, how do we how do we ground ourselves in that? What yeah. is there is there a going too far with this wonder thing?
0: I don't know anybody who can actually be in a perpetual state of wonder. I've never seen that. There, there's a way in which there there's a way to have a pretty consistent awestruck experience of the world is is actually interesting. I was recently uh, listening to all these people who had lived over a hundred years and I know I've actually met a couple as well. And they, something that they all have in common is that they all have this just like, isn't it wonderful? (laughs) You know, or they're talking about like they ate this food and it was just so amazing or they, they were doing little things, but it was these little things in life that just created so much awe and joy and wonder in them. And yet they were a hundred years old or more. And they had friends and they had family and they had careers that they had lived through. And, but that was, the, that was the, the thing that they all had in common. And it's just, just like kids are the same way, right? They, they have this uh, amazing wonder in their worlds and they learn incredibly quickly. right? And, and if you kill it completely, you can get a task done, but you might not get it, the right task done. And so, yeah, there's a place where wonder ebbs and flows. It's really about your access to it in the moment. And, and I think that there is this illusion of kind of like this person who's constantly like disassociated from life and they're in this constant state of wonder. My experiences of those people is that they're not actually in a constant state of wonder. It, you know, it's it's good for books and stuff, but what they actually are is they're in a constant state of a disassociation where they where whatever is happening in real life is very difficult for them. And so their their mode of being able to handle that isn't to fight. It's it's kind of to disassociate. And so I, I don't see people who are in like a deep state of wonder like too much. I just I just don't I haven't seen it. But I can of expect if you are in a state of wonder so much that you have stopped doing stuff, that obviously would go too far. Uh, but one of the things that wonder does, interestingly, is it, it propels you to do stuff, right? Like, I'm really curious, how does this work? Propels you to do stuff. Oh, wow. What would happen if I, you know, had this different kind of business or if I changed my business in this way, or if I, have I looked at my wife this way, or if I looked at my best friend this way, it, it propels you to, to change the way you're doing stuff, run experiments and learn. When I see people in that deep level of curiosity, then there's a lot of movement in their life. Now, if there's other things that are happening that might stop them from taking action, that would be more things like depression or being lost in their head all the time in their thought, not you know repressed anger, things like that. That would be a, a stuck feeling. And, and I, d- I don't know a lot of people who have that stuck feeling or anybody uh, who has that stuck feeling who also has a lot of wonder. Right. Because let's say you're depressed and you have a ton of wonder what happens. You're like, huh, what's making me depressed? What is depressed exactly? I don't mean what, what is, what part of me, what's the me that's depressed? What's the me that's, that can see through, that that can see I'm depressed. How does that work? Yeah. How is this feeling of
1: depression being like in my body?
0: Right, yeah. And, and it, as you start asking this question, the depression starts to alleviate because the depression is being created mostly because of a critical voice in the head that there's no curiosity about. <laughs> right? You can just turn that curiosity right to the critical voice in the head and things will change pretty quickly if you can consistently have that state of wonder about the voice in your head. Not trying to solve it, but just to be in awe of like, whoa, what is this thing constantly managing me? <laughs> like, what gives it the right? What makes it think it's right? What makes it think it's good at its job when it's created complete stagnation in my system? What makes it think it's good at its job if it's still having to manage me over the same shit 10 years later? Like, what is happening here? Like, that state of awe and wonder is going to shift a lot. It's going to create, you can just feel how that creates movement. So I've never really seen people stop doing Obviously, you know, if you're in a state of wonder so much that you're like, can't, (laughs) you can't complete a sentence because you're so in awe of the language, that's going to get problematic. I've just, I've just never seen it.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the example of the old people reminds me of something I learned recently about, uh, dementia, where there are, there are people who die, who have like a normal, normal life and are vibrant throughout their older years, their later years. And then they die and their brain is, uh, autopsied and they have the brain of somebody who has dementia but they didn't have it and the the difference between the people who don't actually present it psychologically are yeah. that they have they're constantly learning they're constantly in wonder um so they're they're constantly rewiring so even though the wiring is getting tangled it's developing new pathways all the time versus living in the same pathways that are just breaking down over time and then becoming less and less efficient
0: Wow, I didn't know that. That's beautiful. You can start to feel it in your 40s and, and definitely in your 50s, this desire to stay in the neuropathways, to stay in the the routine of life. And it just starts to take the joy out of life and like, look at how few people you see in their 70s who are living a joyful life, you know, like exuberant life. And uh, their lives are great often when they're seventies outside of potentially some physical pain there. They, you know, they're retired in America, at least in America, they're retired and they have a family and they, yeah. You know, but there's just no wonder in it.
1: What happens to us um, when we shut that wonder down, like in, in the moment, let's say in a, in a conversation or a business negotiation um, where, for example, we're worried about getting it right or being perfectly understood um and so we we shut down the wonder what what happens then and more more simply i guess the question is what is the opposite of wonder
0: <laughs> yeah the opposite of wonder is is knowing or or wanting to be maybe seen as knowing uh since knowing is really impossible on on one level of looking at it so the way i would say it is you know i see this all the time especially when i was a venture capitalist i saw this all the time which was people would come to me and they'd make their pitch and the the standard way of thinking about it was that they were going to come and impress me with their knowledge and show me that they had a really good business idea and then I would know that they have a really good business idea and then I would give them money that would be the kind of the standard way that they would come to the meeting which is weird because as a venture capitalist I probably should know more about it than they do because I'm in 10 businesses or at least the same amount as they do and so they're coming in with this knowing, trying to share the knowing. And what basically happens is if I agree with them, I will fund it. And if I don't agree with them, I won't fund it, which is a very limited potential to fund it. Right? And so there's just like this very skinny chance that we're going to agree. But if they come in with wonder, and I, I had this happen once. I remember I was so blown away by it. Um, it was a great company. It was very successful. The CEO came in to raise the money and he was like, okay, so what do you need to see to, to, to fund? What are the boxes that you need to check off? And I would, you know, immediately told him because that would save me a shit ton of time. Right. Instead of having to listen to, you know, 10 slides on the total addressable market and what the market was like, as if I would like hadn't done that research or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then he just went through and went through exactly what I needed to hear. And he started in a place of wonder instead of a place of knowing. And he he knew that I would be more attracted to him in a learning journey than I would in a being told what, what, what is right and what is wrong. And if you just think about that, like you look at your friends, (laughs) look at your friends who know what's right and wrong. And like, how enjoyable is it to be around them? Right. I I don't know how many companies I've been in where I I see somebody and they're like, that's the problem person. I'm like, okay. And then you can meet the problem person. The problem person thinks they know everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, that's, that's the problem person. Is they, they think they're right about everything. There's no wonder in their system.
1: They're also probably pointing at a lot of problem people because they know it. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. So they're not in a learning journey with anybody. And, and nobody wants to be that. What people want to be is in a learning journey with each other. You know, we like to have someone who knows some stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's great. People are listening to this podcast right now, hopefully with the idea that I might know something. But my job is to go on learning journeys with people. My job is to ask them what they know, is to ask open-ended questions to them. My job is to assume that they know the best step that's there for them in, in a way that I couldn't. How could I know that? I don't know their whole history. I don't know everything that happened to them. It doesn't matter if I had the wisdom of every human being in the world except for them. They still know more than I do about what they're supposed to do next. So, if you're in a state of knowing and trying to like convince people of your knowing, that's that's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. and, and then be, and being attached to your knowing, which is like utterly ridiculous on so many levels, because knowing is only relevant based on context, right? Meaning uh, let's say I know it's it's bad to lie. That's a context that I'm assuming. I'm assuming that we're all in the same context of, you know, whatever it might be, say, suburban living. Uh, but if I'm in the context of hiding people from an authoritarian government who wants to kill them, well, that's a different context. Well, at least at that point, lines more of a question. You know, for me, it wouldn't be a question. It would be, yes, I would lie to the authoritarian government, but there'd be more of a question about the right and wrongness of it. And And so everybody has their own context. And so to think you know something is to not only assume that you know the right answer, but it's also to assume that you know the context of the person that you're going around with and and it's also to assume that they don't have some wisdom in what they're saying, which is ridiculous. It's, we can't be that so it's far better to be in wonder and then you're in a journey with the people and you're both learning and it's like your mutual freedom instead of your telling them something. Right.
1: So how do you how do you stop uh like a shutdown of wonder from happening? This this collapse into knowing. Um, like wonder, wonder seems like it might be a pretty fragile thing sometimes. Like even, even being afraid of not being in enough wonder, um, like telling myself, okay, now I'm going to walk around the world and wonder all the time. Oh God damn it. I'm not doing it. Oh, like, I, so even that fear might be enough to start to cause us to start closing down. How do you, how do you keep the wonder channel open?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. It's, it's a far more of a undoing than it is a doing. It's effort is one of the things that makes wonder more difficult. So, but the trick is when when I say it's an undoing. If I say okay, now I have to go and do wonder, and I have to be in a wonder state of mind, that immediately makes it harder to be in a wonder state of mind. But there's no moment where, if you look, there's not something you're curious about. So just keep it really simple. All you have to, you know, like just look around your room right now. There's something that's that's like wondrous. You don't know even how the bed were made you don't know who made them you don't know like if the company still exists you don't know about the detergents you don't like and and if you happen to be one of those people who knows exactly that then you don't know about the paint there's never a moment especially when you're with somebody else or when you're in nature when there isn't this opportunity for awe and so to try to get there takes you away but to just recognize that there's something in you and and if you see this with like kids they're just in a state of wonder all the time i remember this psychological study of when children are most likely to smile when they're infants and it's not when they're about to be fed which is what they thought and they did this by facial positions of what a kid would see before feeding and it's when they're in being engaged where there's learning happening and young kids just love to learn until it gets kicked out of them by a parent or a teacher or something like that. Curiosity is our nature it's absolutely our nature, which it means basically being in wonder and investigating and woo it's it like it's in our nature and so all you have to do is undo everything that's taking you away from your nature that's it and and that's it's simple it's just like what what is wonderful about this what what am i awestruck about what what am i curious about in a way that i don't need to find an answer just what what am i going to say next
1: mm. <laughs> what are what are some like examples or steps or pointers that we could bring from this this podcast into our lives to cultivate a deeper sense of wonder
0: practice is good you know it's just asking yourself what what am i in wonder about right now is just a, like if you just do that 10 times a day that's a pretty tremendous way to get there um it's a it's really a point of view of looking at the world if you think about um a little kid and he's picking up a frog for the first time and how they how he looks or she looks at that frog like that's the way you can look at life that's the way you can look at your business like if you were to say just for a se- for a second if you had two people who were looking at a business and both of them had the same level of knowledge let's say and one of them was looking at it with immense wonder and one of them was looking at it with like I'm trying to solve the problem what do you think is going to happen in, with those two people and so how do you inspire that in yourself is really just it's just a, a a question of intention it's not a question of doing it's not a question of effort it's just a question of getting in touch with that part and and if you ever are not there and you can't find your way there, then I really suggest looking at the context of something or questioning the assumption of something. What do you mean by that? Questioning the assumption is a great way to also get out of partiality um, and to become impartial as well. Um, but it, it means that if I say to you, oh, life is challenging because I don't have enough work. There's so many assumptions in that. Right? There's an assumption that it's challenging not to have enough work. There's an assumption that I don't have enough work. There's an assumption that I should have more work. All of those things, instead of, there could be other assumptions. There could be assumptions like, oh, wow, I have free time to start my own business. (laughs) It could say, oh, wow, there's something here that's asking me to an opportunity here to take my marketing to the next level. There's all sorts of assumptions that one can make about having less work one week, then say the next week or one year, say to the next year. And so questioning the assumption that's in your mind is one of the quickest ways to get to wonder or in somebody else's mind is one of the quickest ways. And then also uh, to question the context, right? So I don't have enough work in America is very different than I don't have enough work in Africa, which is very different than I don't have enough work in Iceland like they're different experiences. And so what's happening there? What, like what makes you think your truth is truth everywhere or even true for you right now, because not having enough work for me is priceless. (laughs) It's like that, that, that free time is lovely.
1: So with, with every tool like this, there's, there's always ways that they can be used in a way that's performative or inauthentic. And I've definitely found myself in in a number of conversations where it felt like the other person was pretending to be interested in me, as if they were acting out of some sort of like a curiosity script, and this kind of interaction feels really creepy and probing. How do we <laughs> how how can we cultivate an authentic state of wonder without creeping people out as we like practice and try to try to be in wonder?
0: Yeah, the, these are some of the you're you're touching on some things that make like if wonder gets a little tilted. Um, it can become a strategy, and as soon as it becomes a strategy, it starts to feel creepy. So I know people who are always asking questions, but that's just to avoid any kind of intimacy about themselves. I know people who are asking questions because it's their way of trying to create intimacy. But if you're trying to create intimacy, it, it doesn't it's not intimacy. Um, so yes, I see that happen a lot, and the, the answer simply is that, like, don't be inauthentic. The, the, the most simple answer is don't use this as a strategy, like have wonder for the sake of wonder, for, for the, for the gifts that it brings, for the, the feelings and sensations in your body that it creates, like that awe creates and, and, and be there. It's far more enjoyable than to be strategic about it or to try to avoid intimacy, uh, those are both far more painful states of existence to be in. So that's the easiest way to say it. Um, I guess and,
1: being a, being strategic yeah. about it like implies that there's a certain outcome that you're trying to get, which that's is right. a certain kind of knowing,
0: right? Or a defense you're trying to yeah, an outcome through defending yourself. Um, and and if people are creeped out, if you really want to get into wonder, and if you notice that like you're asking questions and they start resisting, you can just be in wonder about that you can be like oh what's making you feel creeped out right now <laughs> and they might say like what? like i feel like i'm being probed i feel like i'm under an investigation and then you can be vulnerable or correct or say oh wow what well what do you want to ask me you know you can also just apologize and say i'm sorry like yeah i was kind of i was kind of asking you questions as a way to avoid myself or to you know or as an experiment or whatever your your ulterior motive was yeah it's it's really all the whole thing is in a frame of mind and that's when we get back to that thing view is a is a state of mind and if you start it starts becoming a technique it'll just cease to work at least most of the time
1: in a lot of conversations the the context of the conversation is built around us being looked at as an expert or the holder of knowledge this can happen often in, in work, like in consulting or sales or speaking or your role in this podcast, for instance. Uh, how do you stay in wonder when you or your ideas are themselves the topic of discussion or in the spotlight and you're expected to be delivering information rather than consuming it?
0: <laughs> I, did, I gave a talk, uh, I think a couple, three times. And the, like the very beginning of my talk was like, I have no idea what I'm about to say. Like I, I purposely got here on the stage without preparation on purpose the only thing i had in my mind was to not be prepared when i came on the stage because i want to talk about how what what life is like in this state of just being in this moment and seeing what happens seeing what comes out so Oftentimes, uh, during all these podcasts, there's I'm, I am curious and and in wonder of what I'm curious about what's going to come out of my mouth, and I'm in wonder of what does come out of my mouth often and almost just similarly, <laughs> which is which is ridiculous. This actually might. <laughs> make everybody lose a little faith. I'm also, people will tell me, they'll be like, oh, this thing happened on your podcast. I was so great. And I'm like, really? I said that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, have no, I have no mm-hmm. recollection of it. And, and sometimes I'm quite impressed with what I say. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that's that's a little off. To me, being in the question with somebody is far more valuable. And when I think about the, the idea of, like, let's say you watch a normal TED Talk where there's somebody who's really they're explaining some piece of knowledge and it's like absolutely, totally fascinating about it. It's like, it's a wonderful thing to listen to and, and it's, it's made even more wonderful if you see their own awe of the situation. If you see that they're still in the question. That, 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 that someplace in there, there's a question that they're still living in. Mm. And then you, then you really want to be there with them.
1: Yeah. It's like they're inviting you into the question with them and showing you a map of what they've seen so far.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's a, that's a whole different way uh, than like, you know, Hey, I got my TED talk. I'm going to tell you what's what, and I'm going to tell you the conclusion to have. and I'm going to tell you there's no more questions left. Like you just see people are more likely to bristle, you know, unless they happen to agree with this person or they've never thought about it before. So that's the other thing. And, the other thing that happens when you're in that state of wonder as as the expert, as the knower, it happens to me all the time. You've witnessed this is people are like, I don't agree with you. And I'll be like, yeah, I don't agree with me entirely either. <laughs> you know, like I get, because as soon as I switch the context, I can see, oh yeah, that's, that's not true. I can be speaking one moment about, you know, freedom of choice, that there's choice. And that's a very useful thought for somebody who feels stuck. And, and feels like they are, you know, are a victim of, of things. And so, yeah, I'll talk all about choice. And then somebody can say, you know, man, there's no choice. It's all grace. And I'll be like, yep, (laughs) totally. It's, It's so true. I, I can't even decide what to think. I can't even, I can't even decide to stop thinking entirely. You know, or forever. So, so yeah, I don't have control over that. And so, if I don't even have control over the most basic things, then how can I have control over everything else? I don't have any choice. Mm. And and so, if you're in that state of wonder, there's no personal attachment to the knowledge, and there's the ability to see the other sides of it, and to start understanding the context. And that's, I mean, that's where the, a tremendous amount of freedom is. Yeah. Right. Because most of our pain comes from defending an idea
1: yeah that that wonder about our about our choice or our, our internal experience is interesting because each, each of these tools brings brings its own interesting twist when we direct them inward uh like what what happens when we have wonder for ourselves and for our experience
0: yeah <laughs> uh, it's really sweet <laughs> it's really it's like it's like a little slice of heaven it, to be in a state of wonder about your internal experience i i am um, like there was a time in meditation for a while where I just all I did was focus on the unknown. I would just be silent with my eyes closed and I would just focus on what I didn't know. It's a really cool experience if you, if you get a chance, um, if you want to make a chance for yourself to do that. It's so sweet. And it's also sweet because all the things that you tell yourself, that inner critic, just like it starts to lose all of its grip if you're able to focus on the wonder. So when your voice says you got to eat less, you have to work out more. Whatever you need to have a nicer butt, like, and that is met with wonder. Mm. Well, what's what's the nicer butt going to get me? And then I will have somebody maybe who loves me for my butt. If I look in the world at the people with the nicest butts, like, do do they have the life I want? What what's happening here? Like, yeah, there's so much freedom.
1: And people could be in an entirely different context there, where it's like, well, if I have a nice butt, then I'm going to get a lot of attention. I don't want the attention. <laughs> I don't want a bunch of creepy guys on right, me.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so um or or creepy girls. Or girls. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know why I used that from the other.
0: Um yeah, so so yeah, that's the, the, it's just it's a it's a quite a lovely existence to be in wonder about yourself. It's far more neat to, instead of being like this is how I am and this is how I need to change. To be like I wonder what I'm going to do next. <laughs> I wonder what's making right. me do this again.
1: What's your favorite Example of a of a a moment when bringing a little wonder to the moment changed everything
0: for you. Uh, an example recently, <laughs> like last night, uh, we, we we we've left uh, California because of the fires and the smoke, and so we went to Arizona and we took our girls out to a stunning lake. And when we were driving back, there is a steakhouse and there is um, uh, political signs that were. In contrast with my daughter's political beliefs. So, my daughters are young, but you know, societally right now, there's a lot of fire over the political system. A lot of people believe in really strong, have really strong. And so, my girls have adopted some of that stuff. And then, when I see these signs on a restaurant, which is pr- pretty bold in America to, you know, potentially say no to half of your clientele because you're so enamored of a political candidate. So, my daughters didn't like this political candidate, and I was like, "Okay, we're going to go eat there. Let's go eat," <laughs> and and they were so one was scared, and one was like, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with these people." And and I was saying, "Well, how is that any different than racism? Like, if if what you think they're doing is 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 ignorant, like how how do you? We're not in control of our own ignorance just as much as we're not in control of our own race." So. What makes it okay to just not even want to be around? And and that was the beginning of the wonder. And so we ended up, we we have this new puppy. And all of a sudden, the, some of the people around us were loud and boisterous. It was, you know, a desert bar kind of steakhouse thing. And they were, you know, made the kids even more <laughs> anxious for a while. And then all of a sudden, the dog got into like, and there was like, all of a sudden there's this connection. And, and then there was the, the waiter was super nice. And there was just like, all of a sudden it was just like, we were humans together again. And as we were driving home, I, I heard both of my daughters see, interestingly, see some of the wisdom on the other side of the political argument to, to be able to see like, Oh, I see how they would view things this way, given this circumstance, given this thing not that they agreed with it or disagreed with it anymore but it was just this it was just like it like they their heart opened up because they were in wonder about this whole situation. And it was a, it was an incredibly beautiful thing to watch. Um mm-hmm. and I think that that's the way it is all the time we we come across our knowing and we don't want it to be messed with because we don't want that feeling of uncertainty. And it's amazing what wonder does. Is like uncertainty doesn't matter in wonder. <laughs> like it's just, it's quite lovely.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, that is beautiful. How can we expect our lives to change as we deepen our wonder?
0: More joy, more awe, quicker progress, uh, deeper relationships. It changes stuckness, it opens up stuckness, uh, more intimacy you know, (laughs) shit like that, (laughs) all those, all those cool and groovy things, man. I, it's just life is better and, and we're more capable. We're more competent. You can be certain and still be in wonder. I think that's, I think that's the complication that people have a hard time understanding. You know, I know in my business, what the next step is. I don't know that it's going to be the right step. I don't know that a better next step isn't going to show up a second from now. And it's not like I'm not in wonder of like, wow, well, how is this the best step? But I have a certainty over my next step. I, I know the next thing that I'm called to do. When I'm talking to somebody, I might be completely baffled by what's coming out of my mouth, which is a, like a constant state of being. But I know that this, whatever comes out is the thing that's supposed to be coming out. Right. So I'm not questioning myself. I'm not like, I'm not like, well, is that the right thing? Is that how did that, it's just, there's a knowing of my truth. There's a knowing of, of like a, a process that works. And if somebody comes up with something else, I'm, I can totally be like, Oh, what, what, what am I missing? What's happening here? What, what am I not seeing? And so it doesn't stop me from being certain. It doesn't stop me from, but it stops me from thinking that I know that's what it stops me from, right? I don't think that I know. I just, I just know what the right next step is for me or for what I'm here to do. And I only know that that's a right next step. For instance, if I'm taking the right next step, it might be just to find out how bad (laughs) I've done it or how wrong it is or how messed up that idea was. It might be to learn. It might not be to succeed and And it might be that I take that step only to find out oh I need to go back the other way, so there's a certainty that I'm living with that is not at all in conflict with wonder, and I think that's something that people get confused about in wonder,
1: yeah, I think that relates back to the uh dissociation version of like not really in wonder, but like that that story earlier in the episode, yeah,
0: yeah that's right, yeah, it's so i just i I just say like being in wonder doesn't mean that you're not. Clear on the actions that you're taking. It's not. It's not that you're not clear on, like, oh, from my experience, this is the thing to do. And then you're totally open that something might stand against it this time.
1: Mm -hmm. So you're in the clarity, but also ready to update what you think the next step is by constantly surveying for new information.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same way that mice move, right? I mean, mice and other small mammals are desperately curious animals, but it doesn't make them hesitate. They they're going about their day. They're sticking to the sides of the wall, collecting seeds, like making decisions about left or right at you know every two seconds with clarity. And yet they have this deep level of like, what's this? What's this? How do I? Can I get through here? You know, like what's happening? What's happening? Unless they're traumatized and freeze up in fear, right? Which is what we do (laughs) sometimes. Exactly. Yes, you can traumatize animals too. Yeah. So
1: let's, let's tie all of this back into view and like a, like a view conversation. How can, can you summarize some pointers that we could bring that we could use to bring more wonder into our, our view conversations?
0: Yeah. The most important is just to follow your wonder. Like it's a trail and just follow it in the conversation about the other person, about yourself in the conversation, just follow it. And if you're going to have to hold an agenda, right? If you're going to be partial about anything, be partial about staying in wonder. Like that's the thing. And and, and you're treating it, like I said, like a kid holding a frog or a lizard for the first time. Uh, also, just seek what you don't know, right? So oftentimes, you know, you'll be presented with data from the, a person. My mother did this. My father did this. And this is how it's affecting me. And what is it then to say, what do I not know? So I just got told all this information and, and there's a thought process that the first thing I'm supposed to do is take all this information and then spit out a good question. What if the thing you're supposed to do is first find out all the things you don't know? Because often things, if someone tells you the story, they're telling you all the things that they know. So there's no new information. <laughs> but if you start focusing on what you don't know, it might also be stuff that they don't know. So that's another thing that you can do. Um, And then as we talked about questioning the context and the assumptions, those are all ways to be, you know, in wonder. But more importantly, it's like to be in awe of what's happening for that person. It might be, you know, you have this friend and you have a friend who's constantly telling you about how the boyfriend isn't working and you're just like, stop talking to me about this, right? I mean, we all have this friend and or have had this friend at some point in our life who is in their loop and then they bring us into it with a conversation every week or so. And like, what's, what are you in wonder about there? What's the thing that you don't know? What's the thing that you have just like, how, 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 like even maybe the question is how do you keep doing this? What is it that's working for you here that keeps you in this relationship? There's just, there's something there always. And so that's where you can go. And it's a lot easier to find if you're not trying to lead them anywhere because then it's just the natural thing that arises in you. All
1: right, so let's let's close this episode a little bit differently. I'd love for you to tell me about your most spectacular, epic fail, wonder <laughs> face plant, like a moment where just a little more wonder could have gone a long way,
0: but you just didn't have it. Oh, <laughs> oh good. Um, let's see. The biggest one. Uh, so in college, I had the the honor of being kicked out of my first college. I, beyond that, I had the honor of having like a 3.95 grade point average and getting kicked out of my college at the same time. Oh, wow. and, and that could only be done if I, if I was in knowing instead <laughs> instead of um, wonder. So the, the way it worked was uh, because of my upbringing, that uh, like rebellion was really the thing for me. Like that was my caricature. And, and, uh, and so I went to college and they had all these rules. It was the beginning of like a stronger morality in college or the the college decided that there was going to be some moral education as well as just, and so, and I really didn't like it. I, I didn't, I didn't like it at all. And so I rebelled against it. That was like my thing. And I was, I was being a punk, like there's no doubt about it. And, um, People would come in and put signs in the dorm and it would block the windows. And, you know, the signs would be Christian fellowship or whatever those things were. And I just take down the signs, like, hey, if you can just cover my windows, I can just uncover my windows. And, you know, the the people of power in the room or whatever of apparent power in the room said, like, what are we going to do about this? I'm like, Oh, I pay rent. I'm going to keep on taking the signs down. <laughs> that was my attitude. Because I was I was right in my mind, right? I, I couldn't see their context, and I was right. I was like, "You don't have the right to do this." And and there was other things, you know, where the different things. I mean, I got I got busted once drinking in my room. There was people who got busted like smoking pot like ten times, and nothing ever happened. But I got busted once, and I was on a roof once, not correctly, and whatever. And I had, anyways, I got kicked out of the dorms, or I got in trouble for one of these things that I did. 355M of the California Penal Code, annoying phone conversation. And, you know, the powers that be were really annoyed with me because I was not being compliant and, and I was not like buying into the whole situation. And, and so I went to the ombudsman and I said, Hey, like, this is ridiculous. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's totally ridiculous. Just say you're sorry. (laughs) I was like, I'm not sorry. And I don't want to be sorry. And, and he was like, yeah, but if you don't, you're going to like get kicked out of college and did it like it's a kangaroo court. I mean, this is the ombudsman, right? The person who's supposed to, he's like, there's just nothing like you just say, I'm sorry. And you'll get a slap on the wrist. Well, I didn't say I was sorry. I um I had the longest court thing that they had ever had. And um, mm-hmm. I had RAs defending me. I had a petition of 300 people. I had, um, I like had my professors come in and talk about how I contributed and and all of this, all it did was just piss these people off more and more and more. I was like just flying in the face of them. I wasn't on a learning journey with them at all, at all. Um, And so, and I, so then I got the response and they were like, okay, well, so here's our agreement. We're going to kick you out of school for a year and going to kick you out of the dorms for life. And... And I had a history professor who didn't know me at the time say, uh, "He said, <laughs> he said, um, how can I expect you to go out into the world and have uh, healthy children if this is the way you're going to behave?" Wow. Yeah, it was it was something. Uh, so, on some way that luckily I was still in my knowing after that, and so I threatened to sue the school and the 355m of the California Penal Code annoying phone conversation that never landed. And so there, there was no charges and, but the school, you know, these authority figures at the time, they did their thing. And, and I mean, no doubt I was an ass. And so I just said, I'm going to sue you guys. This is ridiculous. You can't do this. And the Dean of students who wasn't involved was like, yeah, this is like utterly ridiculous. And so he suspended me for a quarter and out of the dorms for a year. And then I switched schools. What I learned in that process was that being right doesn't mean anything. Like having the best database doesn't make you the best database company. Having, we have this idea that being right is important, but being like all the people who are right the most, like what, what has it gotten them? And does it even increase their odds of success or happiness or good relationships? Then I remember it striking me like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't look back and say that I was wrong. I can't look back and say that nowadays. I can't look back and even say that they were wrong. I think we were both um ignorant because we were both in, in so some, in some level of war with ourselves and each other. But we none 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 of us got any closer to understanding ourselves and, and each other in the process. None of us made any progress. They didn't have a better dorm because of it. They they weren't happier people because of it, neither was I. Um, what
1: was what was stopping you from being in the wonder throughout that whole experience?
0: Oh, I had a self-definition of being right. It was really important in my family of origin to be right. You know, like if there'd be debates or arguments or yells and whatever there was, and if you weren't right, you were going to get it worse. So you had to prove yourself to be right. And so I was, I, I, identified with being right at the time I identified with a fairness and I was going to fight for that fairness. And now it's like, I don't, how does that help me to be right? Like, what am I? When am I? Do I do I want the answer to be right? I don't want, I don't care if the answer is right. That's not the answer I want to the question. What am I?
1: Mm. Reminds me of a conversation I had a, a while back where somebody just like paused me in the middle of the conversation. They're like, it, it seems like you're being very right right now. How could we <laughs> optimize for connection? I'm like, oh, oh, I see. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was in a conversation with the college about being right mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean it was the fortunate piece I mean, this is the the thing is like I was completely certain about this stuff at the time, and it led me into a job for the time that I was suspended, which was caring for developmentally disabled kids. It was a job that I got quickly and i and I got promoted quickly. And and then I was in charge of this house of kids and these residents. And that was who I was. And that's what I was doing at the time. And like, talk about seeing that you can have connection with people who are not even capable of being a quarter of his right, right? Like developmentally disabled people is like, even a thought process, a complicated thought process is not really at their fingertips. And yet they could be beautiful people. They could be you could have a deep connection with them. And, and so I learned the lesson. I learned the lesson that being right had nothing to do with, you know, anything that was important to me.
1: Yeah, often, often their thought processes are more complicated in a different direction than you didn't, than, than you expected. <laughs> and there's actually something brilliant behind it yeah. or, or beautifully simple that you'd overlooked.
0: Yeah. If you sat in wonder with these guys, you were, you were in for a treat. You know, there was, there, it was frustrating at times too, no doubt, but it was, you were often in for a treat if you could just sit and wonder with them and see the world through their eyes. Yeah.
1: Well, that wraps it up for a view and, um, thank you very much, Joe. And I wonder what our next episode
0: will be. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Thanks, Brett. It was a pleasure as always.
1: Thanks for listening to the Art of Accomplishment. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe and rate us in your podcast app. We'd love your feedback, so feel free to send us questions or comments. You can reach out to us, join our newsletter, or check out our courses at artofaccomplishment.com.